afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Good Monday afternoon everybody. This is Mary Woods and I'm your host today for One Hour at a Time. And we have a very interesting show um, that I think a lot of you are going to find um, very informative and um, interesting. Our guest today is Dr. Pat Webster. Uh, Pat is a fellow in the American Academy of Psychotherapists. She's also a second degree black belt in karate and a sailor. She has worked with alpha males and females and their mates in her private psychotherapy practice in Chapel Hill, North Carolina for a number of years. She was formerly an assistant clinical associate at Duke University. And in her personal and professional life, she continues to learn to manage her own alpha assets and liabilities. And our topic today is Winning at Love, the Alpha Male's Guide to Relationship Success. And this, our discussion today is going to be based on a book that was written by uh, Dr. Webster and Dr. Martin Groder, who is an MD and is also, I believe, in the Chapel Hill area as well. So welcome to our show Dr. Webster. Thank you, Mary. I'm, I'm very glad to be be here, and call me Pat. Okay. So, Pat, can you first kind of, for our audience, define what is an alpha male and what is an alpha female? Okay. Well, um, the term alpha really applies to both of them. And in the, alpha, in the Greek alphabet, alpha is the first letter and is defined as the first of anything. And animal researchers use the term alpha to signify dominance, and it applies to the leader of the pack, usually first in power and importance. We think that alpha is a genetic trait, and, and both in the animal and human kingdom believe that about 40% of the world, both alpha, I mean both male and female, are alphas. And in the animal uh, kingdom, the purpose of the alpha, like the alpha male and female, many people don't know that there's usually a female um, alpha in the wolf pack as well, but their function, Mary, is to, um, to help provide, make sure that the pack survives by being good hunters, by, by providing well for the pack, by moving the pack when it's time to hunt, and also of protecting the more vulnerable members of the pack, like nursing females and the young. When we move to the animal kingdom, then, um, I mean to the human kingdom, then also about 40% of the population are alpha, male and female, and the purpose again is the same. We think that it's a genetically endowed trait because life can be dangerous and their purpose are to be big providers, so we often see many of our successful, heavy-hitting wage earners as alphas and also to be protectors, so we find alphas among our firefighters and our uh, police and our military. It was interesting in your book when you were defining alpha females because historically those those types of traits haven't been um, valued in women in our society. And often when a woman has those traits, she's considered either emasculated or she um, she de she like depowers the men around her. 
Right, right. I think um, there's a generational thing that is just getting clearer and clearer to me. I'm one of the baby boomer generation, and as you know, we've we've seen the um, the transition that that the women's movement brought on. But prior to that, I know when I was dating in in high school, I'm an alpha female myself, and my mother would say, now don't act too strong and don't act too smart. You'll scare the boys away. And often in the business world as well, it was, um, you know, if you were too strong or too powerful or admitted that you were an alpha, and even in mine and um, Dr. Groder's private practice, you know, for many women of my generation, you'd say, well, you're an alpha. And they'll go, oh, no, oh, no, I'm, I'm really not. The younger generation, I think, of women um, are almost um, espousing alpha qualities uh, more than the alpha males in some, in some ways. Um, so, yeah, we've seen quite a transition in my lifetime in this. I think in some ways it's hard to be a man right now. I mean, there's been... I mean, there's been role emancipation for women, but there's really been role confusion for men. Absolutely. Um, I just um, contributed to an article um, for a national journal last week with that very question of, like, you know, first of all, we women want, want it both ways. We want to have our power in the world, and yet um, the, the, the interviewer's question was, does, even women CEOs are wanting the men to be romantic, and they don't know when to open the car door, when that's going to be an insult, and, or when it's going to be what's expected of them. Right. And I think it's a very confusing time to be a, a man. I, I, a lot of the men I talk to are walking on eggshells. You know, if I try to be gallant and chivalrous, she's insulted and tells me she's, you know, an independent woman. And if I, if I don't deliver some of the romance, I'm not measuring up. So it's, it's hard. It's hard, I think, for both. I, I would totally agree with that. I, in looking and reading your book um, over the last week, I sat there finding myself getting very frustrated with certain behavior types that are outlined in the book. And I'm wondering, what called you to work with alpha males and alpha females? <laughs> well, um, my co-author, Marty, is deceased. And he and I both had um, a long-standing interest in work in couples' relationships and um, coming at it in some ways from different perspectives. It, interestingly enough, I wrote my doctoral dissertation on couples who experience their marriage relationship as a spiritual journey. And Marty had come at working with couples from a more nuts and bolts um, perspective, which was well-grounded in theory. And so when we found out that he was terminally ill back in 2005, I said, Marty, let's write a book together. One, you know, because I wanted to get his nuts and bolts stuff um, in my own bones. And two, because um, I, I wanted his stuff to, uh, I wanted his material to live on. And he said, okay, okay, let's do it. And then after we'd shaken on the deal, he said, but you know, Pat, we have to write this for alpha males. And I at first said, I don't want to write a book for men. And um, he looks at me and he says, Pat, 
How many women do you know who have 15 to 30 books about relationships on their bookshelves? And I said, lots. And he said, how many men do you know who aren't therapists who have any? And I looked back at him and I said, none. And he said, we really have to write this book for uh, high-powered alpha males. And I agreed. And um, it's also a good book for alpha females and some of their advanced readers who were um, happily married. One couple I know had been happily married, have been married and are very happily married, not without their ups and downs over 42 years. But they also said, hey, we picked up some tips also. So I think it's also a good basic relationship book. And we tried to write it, knowing that alphas like to get to the bottom line, we tried to write it in a, in a nuts and bolts, how, how to fix your lawnmower um, kind of way and leave out a lot of the fuzzy things like you must have good communication. You know, what does that mean? So that's how the book came into being and how Dr. Groder and I were both working with high-powered people in our practices in Chapel Hill. I really, um, really enjoyed some of the district the descriptive terms that Dr. Groder used mm -hmm. for some of the people that he works, that he kind of categorized into different, um, well, probably things I can't say on the air, but um, he certainly got right to the heart of it. Um, right. So he must have been a lot of fun to work with. He, Marty had an incredible sense of humor, and, yeah. and it was a lot of fun to work with him. He, he was the one that came up with a lot of the names, you know, and even Powerland, Loveland, Sheepdogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the TFAs, which I can totally identify with. Um, <laughs> um, so, and for our, for our radio listeners, we could um, say TFJs, well, let's see. Total. <laughs> total. Um, friggin' jerks. How's that? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and, yeah they can, and they yeah. can uh, fill in the F and the A's. And, you know, we did use some obscenities in the book, and... Some of our critics said, oh, water those down. But a lot of alphas, when they get under stress, that's what they use and that's what they respect. So we tried to use that jargon as well. Right. I mean, we did use that jargon as well. Right. I think um, before we really get started, one of the things that is different about this kind of a relationship book is the concept of, um, you know, first do no harm, the absence of malice. Yeah. Could, you, could you talk about that and then talk about the, um, it just seems like the, the ability for alpha people to inflict harm on others is, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I, can I back up a little and talk about some of the characteristics of that? Sure. Sure. Um, because, you know, alphas are often rewarded in our world. We're an alpha-loving world. And, be, and alphas are, are very goal-directed. They're, they're charismatic. They, they're very organized in going after their goals. Uh, they, 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 are, they like to compete and win. Um, they're high achievers in the world. They have a strong sense of mission. They can be really bold, creative thinkers. And they have a lot of persistence and tenacity and determination and steadfastness. So those are all positive traits. Um, 
the the and uh, on the other hand, and I'll talk about how malice can uh, manifest itself in a relationship. The bottom line definition of an alpha. Out, remember, alphas are probably genetically engineered in our species to help ensure survival. So the bottom line is an alpha would be willing to kill it, uh, in order to protect themselves or to protect somebody that they love. And that's often, that's often where they go. Uh, that makes alphas more capable of committing malice than, than the rest of the population. Now, in a relationship, I mean, of course, you know, most alphas, just about all alphas, except for a few, don't go around killing people except your criminal alphas and perhaps your soldiers. But we define malice as the deliberate hurting of others, either through taking an action or through lack of action. So that can involve threatening to harm or abandon, um, either subtly or not so subtly. For example, you better do, do what I say if you know what's good for you or... I just might leave you if you keep that up, or lying to achieve one's ends, or turning our backs when someone is unknowingly about to do something harmful, or brainwashing others in order to get their own way. So those are the ways that alphas can um, bring malice into the relationship, and there's more subtle upshots of that that we can talk about as well. Okay, and we'll be right back after this commercial to talk more about Winning at Love, the Alpha Male's Guide to Relationship Success with Dr. Pat Webster. And if you have any questions, please give us a call. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Listen for the right turn with J.J. O'Malley. It's an insider's look at America's fastest-growing motorsports series, the Grand Am Rolex Sports Car Series, presented by Crown Royal Cask Number 16. You'll hear about what happened last weekend and get a preview of what's coming up next. From the Rolex 24 at Daytona, through Watkins Glen International, Mid-Ohio, Laguna Seca, right up to the championship at Homestead Miami Speedway. The Right Turn with J.J. O'Malley, broadcast live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. Um, if you are currently in a relationship with somebody who might be an alpha male and you have questions for Pat, please give us a call. Or if you are an alpha male and your relationships are um, pretty crummy, I think that uh, Pat would be happy to help you get back on track and how to have fulfilling relationships. One of the um, statistics in your book talks about for first marriages, the current divorce rate is 50%. For a second marriage, the divorce rate is between 66 and 75 percent, and it's even worse for third marriages. So it really speaks to um, people getting help if they're if they're having struggles in relationships. Well, yes, and I I just read uh, that's one of the reasons that I think the book is important. I read a piece of research about several weeks ago that said that. People that people who are in good relationships uh, in their 50s, including happy marriages, are much more likely to be healthy, alive, and vital in their 80s than even that. That's a better measure of health in older age uh, than cholesterol measurements, for example. And literally, our, our health our health and longevity and happiness depends on good relationships. Um, in your book, I'm jumping ahead a little bit um, to talk a little bit about the different types of alpha males. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could de describe how you and Dr. Groder categorized alpha okay. males. All right. Um, we have um, first what we call, call the uh, soldier, and every alpha is endowed with this. And this is the one that's like if it's gonna if 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 it if if it's down to survival and it's me or you, I, my job is to make sure that I'm the one that survives. And you know, if I were trapped in a in a blind alley in Afghanistan, driving down it, and 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 all of a sudden people started firing at us, I'd want a good solid alpha at the helm. I'd want to, you know, our firefighters and our police and our military are those kinds of alphas. And um, so that's the first kind. And these can be your executive soldier types too, you know, the, the ones that, you know, I'm the generals and I'm willing to battle it out in the corporate world or whatever. Um, and so every, every alpha has at least that part of their, their, their person that is there. The second part, less, fewer alphas have, but some do, and that's called the secret agent. And 
And not only do they have the soldier, but the secret agent is willing to manipulate information, either by hiding the information or using information to um, undermine a competitor or kill off a competitor. This would be in the workplace. This would be, uh, you know, you're competing with somebody for a job and the boss happens to mention their name and you say some little subtle undermining comment that is well calculated to give you the edge. Um, I think that uh, our Wall Street executives and the people who bundled up the housing derivatives, the Bernie Madoffs, are good examples of the secret agent as well as the Tiger Woods or people who thought that they could get away with um, hiding information about um, illicit affairs. Um, are good examples of the secret agent. The third kind are even is even less frequent, but still is worth mentioning, and we call that the mean gene. And these are this is an aspect of the alpha that uh, enjoys other people's suffering. Um, I think the prototype of that might be the Nazi soldier that's. Uh, depicted in all the World War II movies, who has fun torturing uh, their prisoners and then look upon them with great disdain when they're finally dead. You know, um, so those are the three kinds. And you know, in relationships, um, the the all of these can have very high standards for themselves and everybody else, and so everybody around them can feel like, well, I just don't measure up and they can feel a lot of impatience. I actually know an alpha um, attorney who told his wife that she was intellectually lazy uh, because she didn't measure up to some of his standards for exercising her intellect. Um, and they can also you know, have very big goals and drive not only themselves, but their, whole their partners and their families to exhaust exhaustion. And, um, and, or they can always kind of, uh, the more hero kind of the alpha, can always be trying to handle everything themselves without bringing their, their, their wife or, or mate in as a full partner. So they really bring some liabilities into relationships, all three of these. And, of course, the mean gene really does. What role does, like, rescuing people have in relationships with alphas? Well, we talk about, in the book, we talk about um, an inner and outer place that we call Powerland. And Powerland is about survival, and it's where an alpha will go when threatened. I mean, we, we all have those times in relationships where things are awkward or we, you know, we get really annoyed or irritated with our partner or... Um, and, you know, alphas uh, will immediately fly over to the powerland place. You know, the, the beloved wife that they're protecting yesterday is now the enemy that he's got to protect himself from. Or, alternatively, he'll fly over to, to powerland in the rescuing hero mode. Don't worry, honey, I'm going to fix this. Um, I think one of the examples we, we mentioned in the book was... Um, 
you know, a, an alpha and his wife usually went skiing every winter. And uh, the children, the teenage boys, were getting to, to a stage where the wife just didn't feel comfortable leaving them uh, at home, even uh, well attended. And she said, honey, I, I, don't, I don't think I want to go this year. And he, you know, goes off by himself and goes, I know what it is. She's tired of skiing. I'll get us tickets to Hawaii. And comes in and doesn't, doesn't understand why she's not grateful when he walks back in the door with the plane tickets. And, it's, I, and I would think it's also um, an opportunity for someone to enter into, a, into an illicit relationship at that point, too. If, the, if their partner isn't measuring up to their expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And, you know, using all the secret agent skills. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, when we think about um, alphas, and you have alpha men and you have alpha women, what happens when an alpha man and an alpha woman is in a relationship together? <laughs> We, we, Marty, this is Marty's who coined it as the fight club. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sparks can fly. And I think that um, uh, alphas, alphas are attracted to one another. There's often a strong chemistry because, you know, they like those traits in themselves and, and, and they're, they're drawn to people who can meet their own energy. Um, but often it does end up being uh, my way or the highway on either side. And I, I think particularly for women with the women's, you know, post the women's movement where women were out in the world earning their own living, where we used to be more relational, we can be just as, well, my way or the highway ourselves, and neither one are trained to be as relational. And one of the things that we talk about in the book that's critical for a relationship of any kind, but particularly for alpha-alpha relationships, is there must be an agreement that one makes with oneself, first of all, that no matter what, I will not commit malice. I'm going to park my warrior outside the door of my home. And Marty talks about how uh, when he uh, was... Uh, married to his wife, Leslie, uh, who, who has survived him, um, that literally when he would come in from the world, he would take a moment on his doorstep and, you know, imagine that the, the, warrior, the warrior in him was sitting outside on the doorstep not, and did not come into his home. So. I think um, when you were talking about the sparks that fly, uh, yeah. uh, there's a neurochemical reaction, that, like adrenaline, that happens. Could you explain with our, to our audience like what happens with these sparks in terms of how people who have alpha personalities, what adrenaline does for them? Yeah. Well, first of all, the, real, the, the bottom line feeling that an alpha feels when something goes wrong, and things are inevitably going to go, go wrong in relationships. That's just how it is. Um, and, and we have the opportunity to learn from those. But what happens with an alpha is they feel shame, like something's going wrong. It must be my fault. Uh, this is not supposed to happen. And, and you know, nature programmed us. Uh, to feel a, a, a healthy version of shame when things go wrong. And I'm not talking about toxic shame where abuse happens, but nature programs us to feel some shame going, whoops, 
something just happened, and to sit and examine how did I contribute to that. Not an alpha. An alpha flies usually into a rage and starts attacking um, their partner uh, with some version of, hey, I'm not going to feel shame. They're going to feel shame. And um, adrenaline, a lot of adrenaline gets released, which gives them a high. And in fact, many alphas become adrenaline addicted. And also, um, those rage chemicals chemicals have a lot of feel-good qualities to them. They do everything except help us think clearly. And we'll be right back to talk with Dr. Webster more about the Alpha Male's Guide to Relationship Success, Winning at Love. Um, we'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. This is an important programming note from the Voice America Women's Channel. The Catherine Zox Show is moving. Our new address is Voice America, and we will be heard on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, starting Wednesday, November 19th. All of the archives will still be available through Catherine's Boombox Player. Remember, tune in to the Catherine Zox Show on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, beginning on Wednesday, November 19th, on Voice America's flagship Voice America Channel. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. 
Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is One Hour at a Time, and our guest today is Dr. Pat Webster, and we are talking about Winning at Love, the Alpha Male's Guide to Relationship Success. And before we went to break, um, Pat was talking to us about um, adrenaline, which is really the um, neurochemical that fuels folks that um, have alpha personalities, and that there are other feel-good neurotransmitters that that also kick in, such as cortisol, um, endorphins and um, dopamine, and that rage is something that um, alphas kind of, it's like their default emotion. And I know that there are people that I've talked to who are in recovery from alcohol and other drugs of abuse say that sometimes rage is the last thing they have to give up. It's kind of like the last thing they're addicted to. And um, I just wondered if you had any comments about that. Pat, well, uh, yeah, I you know rage is very addicting, and um, uh, it, it, it's much it's much nicer and more pleasant to go into a rage state and shame everybody else around us rather than sit with our own learning moments. And it also feels better. Our rage gets you know in addition to that adrenaline, it gets all those the endorphins, the dopamines going. The one thing that does go low, though, in rage states is serotonin, which allows us to think clearly. And one of the things that we talk about in the book is that um, when one of these, we call them disconnects, when, when something, a disconnect happens with their partners, um, an alpha has about three minutes, and, and we teach ways to deal with this inside rather than speaking, has about three minutes to calm him or herself down and to, um, you know, ask the warriors inside to please take a seat uh, before these, these rage chemicals get really going. And it takes about 24 hours to metabolize them out of the um out of, the, out of the nervous system. So within that 24 hours, then we're capable of saying things to get our rage hormones going even higher. You know, all kinds of uh, toads and snakes can pop out of our mouth during those 24 hours when we're under the influence of those chemicals. Um, before we kind of transition into um, the solution, I, I just want to quote something from your book, and that is, the fuel in power land is adrenaline, but we buy our adrenaline at a very high cost. That is our family and other intimate relationships. We have sacrificed love on the altar of power. So power is also, I know you've referred to this as power land, but power land for alpha, power for alphas is, is what they strive for. It's what they've been taught to, um, to achieve. 
So it's it's important to find balance through, you know, their their natural kind of inclinations. That power isn't always bad. It's just how do you balance that in a way that's healthy? And you talk about connection and how important connection is in terms of yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up about the power aspect. I mean, all of us want to feel our power in the world. We want to feel like we're agents of making things happen. And a lot of um, alphas feel worried uh, or concerned that if they learn the skills of love land and and while we're talking about the neurophysiology, I really want to say that that we have the capacity and we are all hardwired to be in loving relationships. Alphas fear that if they, and, and we can literally change our, our neuronal connections by practicing skills that we lay out in the book, just like, you know, practicing skills for a sport like golf or fly casting or skiing or whatever or public or, or in our work like public speaking or whatever. We can literally change our neuronal connections. Now, what alphas fear is if they practice these skills and become skilled at living in what we call love land, that they'll, they'll turn into a, a wimp or a wuss. And um, that isn't so because even when we learn those alternative skills, we have the capacity to still go out in the world and use our powerland traits when that's necessary. So, um, so I did want to say that, and 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 in Loveland, the power is in connection, and we talk about a disconnect and a. Aside from a commitment to an absence of malice, a really critical part of uh, skill that we suggest and practice is that people need to, couples need to make a commitment to identify a disconnect as soon as it happens. That, that the ultimate goal is to be connected as much as possible. Now, that doesn't mean to be in contact as much as possible. I uh, And lots of people get that confused and think, oh, you know, we have to be together 24-7. No, no, no. You know, you can be connected with your partner when you're across the country from one another. You know, you can feel good and share that connection. And wh what a disconnect is, is it's that moment when things have been going well and all of a sudden you're looking at your partner through, you know, cloudy glasses and they, you're going, ooh, I don't like them very much right now. Something happened. So there has to be a willingness to identify those moments of disconnection. My, um, my partner Jay and I came in last evening and we were trying to decide what to do and there was a movie we really wanted to see, he more than I, and um, uh, but the dog had been in most of the afternoon and we knew that it was a choice between either uh, giving the dog his due, due walk out in the woods or short, short shrifting him and making the movie. And uh, I was perfectly willing to, um, you know, let it fall by the way of the dogs and give the dog his walk. So was Jay, but he was very disappointed that we were going to miss the movie. And he got really grumpy. We'd had a wonderful afternoon, and all of a sudden he's grumpy, and he's dropping things, and he's, you know, responding in these grouchy ways. So that was a disconnect. So I went up and said, 
honey, what's going on? And I said, are you in a grouch mood? And he said, yes. And I said, well, is it, anything, is it about us? Are you okay with me? And at this point, he was fine with me. He was just, you know, he could identify. Well, I'm just really, really disappointed that we didn't get to go to the movie. So, um, and he got out of it. But, you know, if you don't address those disconnects pretty quickly, they fester. And they either mount up, mount up, mount up, mount up, and then we explode, or, um, or we get into acting right and acting nice which we call in the book the state of chronic marriage, but all the life and the juice is gone from the relationship. So uh, to identify when a disconnect has happened is really important, to uh, remember our commitment to the absence of malice, and, um, uh, and to assess our own feelings. You know, it's really important to say, for him it was like, oh, my feeling is disappointment. For me, it was like, ooh, I don't like it that he's acting that way right now, um, instead of trying to pretend that nothing was happening. And then to practice a skill that we talk more about in the book, which is self-soothing, and to remember that this is the person that we love, and to uh, get all those rage chemicals, you know, to calm ourselves down. And we go through different techniques about this in the book. And remember, their most important thing is to reconnect with their partner. That's what we all yearn. We love it when, when relationships go well. And then to talk about it, to remember to listen as much as we speak, using I statements. Um, and that should be, you know, I noticed that right after we... Uh, had the discussion about the movie. You stomped into the you you walked into the closet uh, with a stomp, and you started dropping things, and you started cussing, and and I'm wondering what's going on. It shouldn't be. Oh, you were acting like a jerk. I mean, what does that mean? Uh, so to say, here's what I saw, and I'm one, and when I see you be that way, I I I I feel not so good. So tell me what's happening. So to use I statements and, and you know, and to say what I, ma what I made up about that, which is what I did make up, is um, you're mad at me because I wanted to go walk the dog instead of race to the movie. And he said, no, no, I'm not mad at you. But that's what was going on in my head. And then, you know, often uh, with those steps, and they sound, sound simple, but I know for myself it's taken years of practice to get so I can address some of these things smoothly as an alpha. You know, I could just get annoyed that he's, uh, you know, in a bad mood or, or withdraw or go do something by myself um, anyway. But um, we also talk about uh, four different kinds of problems that couples encounter. So if just getting that far and talking about it doesn't fix things, then uh, we outline um, we, we boil couples' problems down into four basic types and talk about how you address each of those types. So uh, those are some of the basic repair skills that, that we um, talk about in the book. I think it's another um, important thing in the book, too, is that people are in relationships. You volunteer to be in this relationship. You came into this relationship willingly. And that in the absence of malice, if you're in a relationship, I think we all think that they shouldn't, we shouldn't have to work. If we're in a relationship, <laughs> there should be a place where I can just be me and 
oh, no matter what, the other person is going to accept me for whatever. And I think that we lose sight of the fact that a healthy relationship requires a lot of work. Absolutely. I mean, I like what you said about uh, the volunteer piece because often alphas, when, when, you know, we encounter difficulties, you know, the warrior starts or the secret agent starts like, this is just a lot of inconvenience. What am I doing here? And, you know, it's important to remind ourselves, look, I chose relationship and I chose to be in this because I don't want to die lonely and alone and uh, with my, you know, I'm certainly not going to be remembering my best day at the office on my deathbed. I'm going to be wanting to remember how I've loved and been loved so yes remembering that and and then you know the work piece we we I think so often in our culture we say well you know we go to work and 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 we do all these things you know we may feel like blowing up at our boss but we practice all these skills because we know we'll lose our job and we'll be out on the street and then we think we have the right to let it all hang loose at home and uh, we really feel like, you know, that's where our most precious relationships are. And why in the world would we ever think that we have to, uh, you know, not work as hard to be on good behavior? And I'm not talking about pretend behavior, but I'm talking about skilled relational behavior at home when we practice those skills all day at work. And maybe not with as much authenticity, but still, we know how to not do damage most of the time. A lot of people. Now, there are some alphas at work that cause damage there, too. But, um, you know, to give up this notion that, oh, home's a place where I just let it all hang out and I don't have to um, work on the relationship. And we'll be right back with Dr. Webster. If you have any questions, this is your last chance to give us a call. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. 
Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk. Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we're talking about Winning at Love, the Alpha Male's Guide to Relationship Success with Dr. Pat Webster. So, Pat, tell us, um, how can an alpha male have a successful relationship? Well, I think by practicing some of the skills uh, in, in the book uh, and, and also by choosing the right make. And uh, I think very briefly in doing that, you want to look for, for somebody who's a grown-up, who's emotionally and financially able to stand on their own feet, who uh, knows how to curb some of those, Im- those alpha impulses and unskilled behaviors. You want to look for somebody who, who meets the trustability criteria. And we lay out seven criteria for trustability in in the book, um, and some of them you can uh, you can uh, keep an eye on very early in the relationship. Um, you want somebody who you like and respect, and who respects you. And maybe there may be chemistry, there may not be. Uh, many really good relationships develop with an absence of chemistry in the beginning, or the chemistry grows. Um, sometimes with alphas, there's that immediate spark, which is also may give rise to some of the uh, uh, fiery fights. Um, so you want to, you know, that can be a double-edged sword, and. Um, and you may or may not have common interests. You know, if you have common interests, that's wonderful. Or if you can go out and do your different interests and, and bring all the juice and spark and excitement back to talk about with each other, uh, that would be another criteria. Um, I know when I um, got involved with my current partner, Jay, I uh, handed him a copy of the book. Uh, and he'd be, he and he he'd been one of the advanced readers, but I handed him a copy of the book after we uh, became involved in the relationship. And I said, "Now this is my this is my driver's handbook. This is the manual I go by. And I would really like for you to read this and tell me uh, how this sounds for you, so that when we run into problems, we can make sure that we're a pro- we're on the same page as 
we address them. He did. <laughs> so, uh, okay. so those would be things that you would be looking for. Um, can open people commit to a relationship, or are they always going to be on to the next adrenaline rush? Well, I think that a ambivalence is part of it's part of Powerland wiring because Powerland, you're always holding back a little of your ammunition. You've got, you know, where the back door is in case you need to escape quickly. And you know, we didn't have time to talk a lot about Powerland. Really, is an inner survival place, and we have to learn to be naturalized citizens of Loveland in our relationships. So, yes, and you know, all those. Things that would cause an alpha to be reluctant to commit, um, alphas can uh, give up and become very committed if they make a decision that in their relationships they're going to commit to becoming naturalized citizen of, citizens of love land and to not be given, you know, living with their power land ways. Like, I, I knew an alpha woman who uh, married a man who was older than she, and when she would go off to conferences with him, she made a list of uh, potential people that she might be interested in if he died before she did. I mean, that was the alpha, have a backup plan, don't commit totally, you know, all of that. So, um, yeah. Um, I think you have to, I think alphas can learn to be committed in, in a relationship, but they have to make a decision that they're going to live in love land. And that's, I guess, easier said than done, huh? It take, I think, again, the good news is with, we, we're willing to practice so many other skills. The good news is that with practice, you know, we can all learn this. And I think it's something, Mary, that we all yearn for. We all yearn to be in good relationships. We all yearn to love and be loved. Um, can you talk a little bit in um, just stupid alpha male's disease? <laughs> well, um, we, we, we really, we wrote the book for alpha males uh, 40, uh, you know, past 40, because usually it takes um, either one big failed relationship or several failed relationships before an alpha will, will say, um, hey, maybe it has something to do about me. And that section of the book was really um, written by one of, or contributed by one of, um, of uh, an acquaintance we knew who got to that stage in his life, and he was a physician, is a physician, and diagnosed himself with SAMD, stupid alpha male disease. And it's somebody who comes into a relationship with the problems that we've talked about. And uh, we hope that this book is a good antidote or treatment manual for SAMD. Um, what, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the yes. best way to do that? Oh, thank you, Mary. My web page is winningatlovebook.com, and there's a, a place on that web page where uh, I can be emailed, and I uh, do try to respond to my emails. I'm available for speaking engagements, and, and I do some workshops, and um, 
So uh, emailing me through the webpage would be the best way. You can also order the books from there or through Amazon. So um, I got a lot more about alphas. You know, if you if you go through the webpage, yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. Um, in our last few moments, um, what what uplifting message do you have for um, for alpha males or people who are in relationships with them? Um, that I think. At the bottom line, uh, we all want to love and be loved, that we don't want to die old and alone and brittle and, and defended. We want, to, we want to spend the last of our days surrounded by people that we love, that our health and happiness um, and longevity depends on good relationships, and that we're all hardwired for that, and it's possible to achieve that if we want to invest in it and uh, practice relationship skills like we practice skills for other arenas of our lives. Um, thank you so much for being our guest this week. This has been um, really informative, and um, I look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you in the future, and I wish everybody a great week this week. Thank you, Mary. It's been a real pleasure to be here. Appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.